the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Remember when you were a little kid and your parents said, hey, we're all going to Kennywood, school picnic or work picnic or whatnot, and for you, the first time you're going to jump on the Thunderbolt. This is like, you know, a big event in your life. And you approach that first ride in the Thunderbolt with dread and excitement. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, that's where we are today. At least that's where I am. I'm kind of feeling this way. Kath, uh, top stories today. You've got four at four. Mm. Do you not? I do. Are you ready for them, John? Yes, I do. Number one for Tuesday, September 29th. President Trump announced good news yesterday about COVID-19 testing. The president stated that the federal government will begin shipping Abbott Laboratories rapid coronavirus tests to states with six and a half million tests expected to go out this week and a hundred million expected to be shipped over the next month. Well, the administration encouraging states to use the tests to aid in the reopening of schools K through 12. Very nice. Excellent. That's Number very good news. Two, it is good news. Number two, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House. She has released, John, a new $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief proposal in an effort to get negotiations with the White House going. The bill is smaller than the $3 trillion HEROES Act. I was going to say billion, but I would be wrong, right? Trillion dollar HEROES Act passed by the House back in May. But Republicans in recent weeks have said no, no, they will not go any higher than $1.5 trillion. Trillion, trillion dollars. Number three... Sunday's Steeler game has been thrown into question as daily operations at Tennessee Titan headquarters have been shut down due to multiple positive COVID-19 cases. Mm-hmm. They should just play. I think they probably will play Let's because play. I'm not sure what the alternative is. Right. I don't think they have weeks of, you know, buffer. Five weeks. Yeah, I don't think they've got that. Work. Plus, it, well, everybody's got a bye week, but everybody's got a different one. If they did a bye week, the Steelers would have to play three home games away in a row. Really? Mm-hmm. Three home games. I'm sorry. It was three three away games in a row. Three away games in yeah. a row. Yeah. Anyway, it, this is one of those things. Like, mm-hmm. baseball figured it out. You know, football's just going to have to figure it out. Anyway, tonight is the first presidential debate of the 2020 election. Things get underway, people, at 9 p.m. in mm-hmm. Cleveland, Ohio. And that is your top four at four. Very nice. So, you know, hence the me analogy to the Thunderbolt. I have one part uh, thrill, one part dread at 9 o'clock tonight. Do you not? Uh, I have anticipatory gastric distress. I think I showed this yesterday. <laughs> Aren't you taking a pill for that? Mm, I was thinking, I told you earlier, I was thinking of just chugging the K-O-Peptate. Mm-hmm, yeah. So no dinner tonight. You're just going to have some K-O-Peptate. Listen, I just feel as if the cringe element will be so high 
that I'll be like hiding underneath my sofa mm-hmm, right. because of it. I'll be like, I just looking, can't. I can't. Looking at one eye, right? I, uh, However, I will though do this. Mm-hmm. I will not record it and watch it later, John. For you and for the sake of our listening audience, I will, friends. Very nice. Watch it live. Okay, so when you watch something like this, which is going to be shown now on multiple platforms, yes, on on the tube and online, do you have a preference of where you go? Yeah. Oh, where are you going to go? You want to tell me that? Uh, I will watch it on TV. You're going to watch it, on, but like mm-hmm. you're going to tune into what Fox, PBS, okay, so CBS. What I, what? what I try to do is in each of the debates go to a different place. But tonight, because I'm a Chris Wallace fan, I will be watching on Fox News. Okay. All right. I'm very curious about it. And what do you, will you watch it online instead of TV? No, I'll watch it on television. And what no. will you watch? Well, I, you know, I, I used to watch things like this on C-SPAN. Oh, that is like, that's like going to the, going no. to Aldi for your it, groceries. I like it. I like C-SPAN because C-SPAN is basically bare bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, it's like Aldi. I don't need all the, you know, pomp and circumstance around it. I don't need a bunch of talking heads telling me what I think I need to know. Just present me. You with just what so it you is. just want a can of beans. That's it, green waxed beans at C-SPAN <laughs> on sale two for ninety nine. Forget it. I don't need the French cut. Oh, we have a terrific show coming up today, and you know I forgot to say that I do have a bonus news story as we start off today's show. Wait, four and four. Now we're already. Well, said- I'm just saying that the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last night. Okay. Yep. Who cares? Feel like it. See, that's why it was a bonus. That's okay. why it wasn't included in the top four because I think is anyone in Pittsburgh still yeah. watching hockey? That's about as much of a bonus as a little Tootsie Roll for you know a Halloween size. Who cares you know those about little that? Little tiny ones. Yeah. They're not like what are they? It's nothing. It's a nub. <laughs> hey, how about the poor guy who died from licorice licorice overdose? Listen, that's sad. I had. I got several warning emails from people who were concerned about my health. Of course, yeah, I sent one out to you. Mm-hmm. I think he had like five bags of licorice, had a pack of cigarettes, and then expired. Right. Listen, I haven't had any licorice. Well, no, it's not true. I, I was going to say something, but it was a lie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's confession time here in the ride home. Work. I was going to say I haven't had any licorice since COVID, but I did. So okay. <laughs> so no licorice, no nuts for you, and no iced tea. Listen, this is a bare bone. I'm leading an Aldi life, mm. right? Nothing Listen, but bare bones. You it's knock C-span Aldi. All Do not knock Aldi. <laughs> Aldi is thumbs oh, up. That's good stuff. They got bad lighting, but I still go there. I love Aldi. Okay, whatever. I'm stepping away. I don't know what you're doing, but when we come back, John Kessler will be with us, Moody Bible Institute. We'll talk about justice, what it's like in an age of outrage. Okay. 101.5 WORD. Quit wants to open a new shop in Odyssey, but the people of Connellsville have another idea to keep wit out. On the next Adventures in Odyssey, it looks like all hope is lost for the new wit's end until wit comes up with a surprising and unexpected plan. Can wit win over his opponents? Find out on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Worried about deductibles and copays? dental or vision how about elective procedures marley financial they've got you covered this is kathy emmons marley financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health related anything 
copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496, and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, for you, for anybody who's got a busy schedule and wants a good night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Call now at 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code WORD. 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Skillet in Concert, October 3rd. 7.30 p.m. at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, with special guest Colton Dixon. Drive-in tickets available now at druskyent.com. Gates open at 5.30, rain or shine. Skillet, October 3rd at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Visit Drusky Entertainment for details at druskyent.com. You know how every year the good people at the, the dictionaries, you know, Funk and Wagner, all the people who, you know, or online doing the dictionary work. They always have like a, a word of the year. Uh, who knows what the word of the year is going to be this year. But one of the words that's in play an awful lot is the word justice, right? People are talking about justice an awful lot in and around this world. Oh, John Kessler is with us, and he's written a piece about justice, life in this age of outrage. John's a regular guest on our show, former chair, professor, division of applied theology at Moody Bible Institute. His latest book is called Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. John, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeff. Good to be with you. Always yeah. good, John. Always good to hear from you, John. Uh, yeah, so it seems like people talk about justice like it was something that was maybe created in America or an idea, <laughs> right? Or an idea that's really come to the fore since 1960 or something. But, you know, this, so talk about its origins, John. Well, it's really, it is a, it is a notion that's captivated us as a culture today. And much of the um, disruption you see in society these days goes under the rubric of justice, which is part of the problem we're fi- we face with it, is that there are many people, you know, particularly even in the church, who are using the rhetoric of justice without really defining it. And so what you end up with, you end up with people using the term 
assuming that we all are on the same page and actually mm-hmm. using it in really different ways. You know, people think about it very differently. The basic notion of justice is, is biblical, and, that, and that's really where the idea comes from, true justice. It's a biblical virtue, and it has its foundation in the requirement of the law. So in the Old Testament, it was the primary responsibility of rulers and judges, and the basic standard of justice was equity or impartiality. That is, justice applies the rule of law to all. And interestingly, the scriptures in the scriptures there are two main threats to that. One you could describe as individual, and the other is collective. The individual threat is when justice is undermined, when some person, some individual is shown preference over others and given a pass because of their position. Mm-hmm. And the other, the collective one, is really basically the the rule of the mob. And and the Bible warns that, that against both of those in the Old Testament. It's interesting to bring up the mob because that's clearly where we are with justice in America today, right? I mean, someone does something, whether it's cancel culture or mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. what have you, and whether it's online or people acting out, you know, I mean, look at the city of Portland. There have been riots there for 100 plus days. Uh, mm-hmm. Many people would, co- would call themselves social justice warriors in Portland. Right. And, and what I would argue is that what is being labeled justice in that instance is really sentimentalized outrage, that mm-hmm. the problem with our definition of justice today is we have really used the rhetoric of justice when what we're really talking about is one of the deadly sins that the Bible calls wrath or, or uh, uh, anger that's inappropriately expressed. So that, and it's, it's sentimentalized outrage in that it's, first of all, it's superficial. In a way that really evades the reality or the difficulty of them. And another trait is that it's emotionally self-indulgent. That is, it's emotion expressed simply for the, the, the uh, pleasure of exercising emotion. In fact, Portland's a you know, I think Portland is like a case study of that. I remember seeing a video recently of of a demonstrator who was just sort of beating on a uh, a federal building, you know, in this rage. And this was, you know, this was an expression of justice. Really, you know, he's beating up on a symbol. He's not really doing anything that contributes to real justice. And that's the third the third trait of sentimentalism is that it's not actionable. You can't really do anything about it. So I think today what we call uh, a passion for justice is really often just sentimentalized anger. Mm-hmm. But so, John, in this day and age, or in any day and age on this planet, has true justice ever existed? Because it doesn't seem like it really there's a place for it. Yes and no. I mean, in terms of in terms of human experience, there's always an element of of injustice. Because we are, the Bible teaches us that we are fundamentally unjust, we are unrighteous, and the only thing that can put us right is God through His grace and through Jesus Christ. There, there is a reality of justice that is reflected in the rule of God and reflected in the Word of God and, the, and God's command to His people in Micah 6 8 to, to act justly. And it's, you know, it's striking in that. That statement in Micah 6, 8, which is often used as sort of kind of an emblem for those of us, for, for people who are 
working for justice that it's really individualized there. You know, it's what what is it that God requires of you, oh man? What is it that God requires of you, you know, as an individual, but to, you know, to love God, to uh, to love mercy and to act justly, so that so that it's really is the best way to work for justice is to do the right thing, given the situation that's right in front of you, that ordinary mundane, you know, you're on the job, you're in the neighborhood, you're dealing with your family. Mm -hmm. What is is the right thing in that situation? That is the best way to contribute to a just society. Dr. John Kessler. (laughs) <laughs> with us, former chair and professor, Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. His latest book is Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. What about the fine line, uh, and maybe it's not fine, I guess I should ask you what kind of line it is, between protest and riot? Yeah, I don't think it is a fine line. I, 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 I don't think it is a fine line. I think if you when you cross the line into riot, you have, you have left protest behind, you know, in terms of uh, within, the, within the confines of free speech. One of the great things about America is that people who disagree can voice their disagreements. And sometimes disagreement gets, um, you know, passionate. It, it can be loud. When you cross the line and you begin to threaten people, you destroy property, you begin to hurt people, then you're, you're not acting, then you're not exercising free speech. You're acting irresponsibly. And in fact, you're breaking laws and to use the old fashioned biblical term, you're sinning. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it, there, there is really no close line between, uh, free, uh, between protest and riot in my mind. Okay, so John, you, you illustrate uh, justice in the piece that you wrote, Dangerous Virtues, Justice, Life in an Age of Outrage, when you talk about you having an automobile accident and showing up in court. P- please tell our listeners this story. Yeah, and, and really what I'm, I'm emphasizing is that, that one thing that, um, you know, that Micah, Micah emphasizes in Micah 6, you know, six say is to act justly and to love mercy. So I, I, when I was younger, I was in this automobile accident and it was my fault. And so I, you know, I had to go to court and I had, I had never been to court before. And I was really terrified, especially since the, the uh, fellow that I hit promised me that he would be there to make sure that I paid the penalty. Well, when I got there, you know, the judge asked me how I pled and I basically stood silent. I stand mute. The judge looked around the courtroom and he asked if the driver of the other vehicle was present. He wasn't. He asked whether the policeman who had written me up was there. He was not. The judge said, case dismissed. And, you know, I just felt this palpable wave of relief that felt like mercy. But in fact, it wasn't because the judge had dismissed my case on a technicality. He couldn't declare me guilty. The thing that's distinctive about mercy is that mercy belongs only to the guilty. The only way that you can experience mercy is you need to be guilty. So that when God defines justice in Micah 6, 8, the, 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 the command is act justly, love mercy. 
And I think that's it's that element of mercy that's really missing in today's fascination with the notion of justice. And it's striking that when you get into the New Testament, when it talks about the work of Jesus Christ and God's forgiveness of us through Christ, the language that it uses is the language of justice, because it tells us that by sending Jesus to take our place, God was able to be both just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Through his mercy, God upholds his justice, and he turns us into just people. I think that, that, that notion of mercy is the really fundamentally missing element in the way that we're defining justice today. Dr. John Kessler with us, his brand new book, Dangerous Virtues, How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as Good. Um, I want to go back and talk about protest for a minute, John, simply because, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, that there is, a, there is a line of demarcation between protest and riot. Um, at the same time, I recognize that there is an emotional element to mm-hmm. things like this. And I remember Martin Luther King said that a riot is the language of the unheard. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think back on just our country, and I'm not talking about the, the idea of justice universally, um, but I'm thinking about the way that justice has been meted out in America. And it, it grieves me. And I think this is where the real work of the church is right now. It grieves me because for hundreds of years, there was no justice if you were a different color than white. And, um, and so the people who are doing what they're doing in Portland, I mean, I'm, to me, that has nothing to do with the, the struggle for civil rights. That's just craziness. Um, but people yeah. who are consistently, reliably protesting, you know, I, to say I get it, I, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't yeah. get where they're coming from, but I certainly appreciate the fact that our country's at this place where we can talk about it. I mean, how do you approach that, John? How do you look at trying to, um, even when we see protesters who've gone crazy or rioters who've gone crazy, yeah. to still be honoring the protest? So, so first of all, it'd be really interesting to see the context of that state that statement by Martin Luther King Jr. Because, frankly, it seems very inconsistent and consistent with his whole approach and his philosophy. What I would say is that riot is the language of despair. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, rioting is what happens when it, it, it is a it is a fundamentally self-destructive act, it, it's particularly if it's people who are burning down their own city over, you know, over this out of out of frustration. It is a it, it is a fundamentally destructive act and a self-destructive act. And the, the problem you have today is that you not only, it's really not a case where you have the people who are fundamentally affected by these problems who are acting in violence. You have, you have protests that have been weaponized by uh, uh, ancillary parties, you know, people who are not fundamentally the ones affected by it. Right. And they're the ones who are acting in anger. They're the ones who are doing the violence. And so it's, you know, whatever Martin Luther King Jr. may have meant by that, that's not what he was talking about. What they're doing is not what he was talking about. So, you know, so I think that obviously when you're, you know, when you're trying to express your uh, frustration and, you know, your outrage at, at some injustice that has been done 
there's going to be a, an emotional tone to it, but there also has to be a level of of control. And and I also think that you know, in, in terms of the way the outrage is expressed today, it it is also disconnected from the um, is disconnected from the historical reality of the changes that actually have been made. That you know, to talk about it today, like we're still in the environment of the 1960s, is just false. It's not true. It's and yes, do we do we still have problems? Absolutely. Are there areas we have a long way to go? Certainly. But to pretend that nothing has changed and nothing has taken place—that's just, frankly, that's just a lie. John Kessler, his latest book is called *Dangerous Virtues*. How to Follow Jesus When Evil Masquerades as God. John, thank you so much. Always a pleasure to have you with us. Right, thanks. We'll take a break and come back. This day in history, boy, if you were alive during this event, it shocked us. Changed the world in many ways. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with Johnny Caffey on what event. This message is for anyone looking for $500,000 to $1 million or more of affordable term life insurance, even if you have diabetes, high blood pressure, or taking anxiety meds. Here's an example. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe overweight with type 2 diabetes, $1 million of term life insurance may only cost about $200 a month. We're Term Provider, experts in finding affordable term life insurance for those that may not be in perfect health. If you've had prostate cancer, heart conditions, high cholesterol, or on prescription medications, you may still qualify for half a million to a million dollars or more of affordable term life insurance. Get a quick quote by calling Term Provider at 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. If you're looking for term life insurance but have type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or have other health issues, call Term Provider at 800-555-2085 or visit termprovider.com. termprovider.com. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion Benjamin Watson searches for the truth about the most polarizing debate of our century, one that boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase Divided Hearts of America. Use promo code MUSIC for 20% off. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand Up to Cancer and Rally want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. SSI recipients, if you have children under 17, you must act by September 30th to get the $500 economic impact payment per child this year. Enter your child's information in the non-filer tool at irs.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Greetings, this is Terry Hanna, host of Christians with Sacred Addictions with over 27 years of recovery from multiple addictions. There's a saying in the recovery community, meeting makers make it. And through our higher power, Jesus Christ, and implementing the 12 steps of recovery founded in the Word of God, you too will recover and heal. Why not join us at our meeting every Sunday evening at 6.45 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. 
This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. We'll see a little rain this evening, otherwise cloudy skies for tonight, low 48. Breezy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine, high 64. Patchy clouds tomorrow night with a low of 46. Times of clouds and sunshine Thursday with a high of 63. Friday, times of clouds and sun with a shower. It'll be cool with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. in history, John. Yeah. September 29th, and I'll have you guess the year, but I will tell you first what we're remembering. Okay. Consumers began dying after taking extra-strength Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide. A total of seven people would die because of product tampering. What year, John, was that? Uh, I would say, now this is purely a guess, um, 1984. I am happy to say that you were not correct, simply oh. because you're so stinking good at this game. It was 1982. 82. All right. It was 1982. Okay. Still very close, however. Yeah. Johnson & Johnson took an active role with the media in issuing mass warning communications immediately then called for a massive recall of 31 million bottles of Tylenol in circulation. And of course, now we have all reaped the benefits because right. it is so stinking hard to get at anything you buy. You have to stab that opening to get rid of that seal. The, okay. I remember this very clearly because this was shocking, right? I think the shocking. first the first person to die was a little girl. She had a headache and her parents were like, take some, you know, Tylenol. And she was uh, like, you know, immediately stricken. So there was some coconut. And no, no, one's nev- no one's ever been arrested for this crime, ever, who was putting cyanide in Tylenol capsules. And then, of course, there was a plethora of copycat coconuts who were also putting rat poison, you name it, in Tylenol. So Tylenol quickly had to, you know, pull back every product from the shelves. Of course, that's a millions and millions of dollars. And then this, these trade groups, you know, I don't know what the proper names for the trade groups were, but, the, you know, the people who were, you know, in charge of wrapping and manufacturing mm-hmm. bottles and they had to go into a deep dive and try to figure out safety features to ensure that, you know, they were tamper proof or if someone did go into the bottle, you would see that, you know, the bottle had been tampered with by the, the seal had been broken, so to speak. Right. I mean, I, I think it's a really good thing. Unfortunately, people had to die to get to that process. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's a great thing. I just sometimes get so annoyed. I mean, I, so I got some chapstick the other day. Mm-hmm. You know what it took for me to get into that chapstick? Oh, I know. How about like when like you're like you have your finger and you're kind of like trying to fleck a little piece of paper to open the thing up. I'm looking I mean, for like a little tab. it's just like I think there's going to, you know, come a time where I'm not going to be able to access the thing I just bought. Oh, that's exactly what I feel. Like, you know, I'll be 80 years old and I'll go, I'll forget it. I just, right. you know. This is not going to happen. I just give up. No. Yeah. Now, let me say something else I thought of when I was reading this news story this morning. Mm. Mike wasn't alive. In 1980, what did you say? Two. Two. Mm-hmm. Wasn't alive. Mike Duffy, not alive. So Mike's always lived in a tamper-proof world. 
Have you but, felt safer, Mike, knowing your yeah. world was tamper-proof? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Four, mm-hmm. four years later, I was born, and uh, as soon as I came out of the womb, I was like, oh, I'm ready. I'm, mm-hmm. Nothing can touch me. I yeah. can only imagine yeah. what you were like when you came <laughs> out of the there'd womb. There'd be many a times I'd like to tamper with Mike Duffy. Exactly. Now. He was trouble with a capital T. I can uh, tell you that. P. That stands for Duffy. <laughs> sure does. Okay, let us take a break. Come back. When we do come back, we're going to talk about, oh, Kath, this is one of your most favorite subjects. I look forward to this conversation. We're going to talk about climate change with Dr. Hugh Ross. The scientist is in the house next here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. It's easy to become discouraged about the faith challenges of the emerging generation, but research is showing reason for optimism. On the next Focus on the Family, two researchers outline five key practices to help your young adult develop a vibrant, resilient faith. That's coming up next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Facilities Management HVAC or Electronics Training Program available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start, SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com. I think you'll agree this story demonstrates the urgent need for God's Word. Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Lalitha was born in coastal India, raised a Hindu, and forced into an arranged marriage at a very young age. Tragically, her husband died in an accident, and she was left homeless and sold into a prostitution ring for no more than 150 U.S. dollars. She lived in utter hopelessness for many years until a former prostitute introduced her to Jesus and taught her to share her faith. Lalitha would go on to lead a hundred Hindus to Jesus before she died tragically of HIV AIDS, something she was afflicted with during those years in human trafficking. Right now, these 100 new believers in India are joined by millions around the world who are denied God's Word, and that's why WORD and Bible League have teamed up to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD, or give at Word This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. Well, there are certainly a lot of issues that are contentious in this country right now. 
And one of them, which has sort of been oddly buried recently, is the idea of climate change or or, uh, global warming. Well, Dr. Hugh Ross is with us. Dr. Ross is a founder, president of Reasons to Believe, an organization dedicated to integrating scientific fact and biblical faith. His new book includes, is called Weathering Climate Change. Uh, He's also, uh, past books we've talked about, Why the Universe is the Way it Is, and Navigating Genesis. But today, Climate Change with Dr. Ross. Hugh, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me back. Hugh, we've known you for a long time. You are a a man who has showed yourself to be uh, kind and peaceful in the middle of a lot of difficult debates. Now you've stepped into a whole new one. Yes, I have, but my whole goal is to take the politics out of the debate and show a way forward where we can stabilize the climate while we enhance the world economy rather than cripple it. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess, Hugh, for a lot of people, and there are a lot of naysayers, is climate change a real thing? Well, I waited until we had really reliable temperature records for the past 10,000 years. Uh, there's been recent research where they took advantage of 74 temperature proxies from all over the world. And what it revealed is that the climate that we've had over the past 9,500 years was three times more stable than what we thought two years ago. The global mean temperature has not changed by more than plus or minus 0.65 degrees. And so most of the book is devoted to trying to understand why do we have such extreme climate stability? The norm for the earth is climate instability. Climate stability is the exception. And particularly we've had for the past 9,500 years, has never been seen before. So I talk about all the events that have to happen in just the right way, at just the right place and time, in order to bring about this period. And my goal is for readers to understand this is a miraculous gift from God. It's not an accident. We shouldn't take it for granted. And then actually to understand why we have this period of climate stability. What's the purpose for it? What does it tell us about the purpose of humanity? Okay, so Hugh, you're saying, and I'm just interpreting here to make sure I I get where you are, is that the climate is actually more stable than we've been led to think? Far more stable than we've led to think by more than a factor of three. And so that begs the question, why this extreme stability? What did it take? And what's remarkable is that the natural components are cooling the planet. We've been in a cooling phase, if you look at the natural features, for the past 8,700 years. Counterbalancing that has been the launch of human civilization. When human civilization got launched at the beginning of this climate stability, that began to warm the planet and began to warm the planet at exactly the same rate that the natural cycles were cooling it. And so that requires double fine-tuning. You've got to fine-tune the natural cycles and the human activity. And there's been this near-perfect balance for the past 9,500 years. It's only in the last 70 years that it's beginning to go out of balance. 
Now, Hugh, you're flying in the face of, you know, the political uh, sort of um, narrative we've been hearing, people talking about, you know, carbon uh, credits and all that, where we, oftentimes we'll see, you know, images of smokestacks spewing lots of uh, liquid and uh, smoke into the air. I mean, you know, the established science, and I'm putting that in quotes, the established science is saying, yes, the planet is heating up and man is the direct cause of that. Well, there's truth in all that. Uh, it's human activity that's warming the planet. The natural cycles are cooling it. However, too much attention, in my opinion, has been focused on carbon dioxide. That's only one of a half dozen different warming factors for the planet. And so I got a couple of chapters in the book I want to call unintended consequences. If we begin to focus on just one particular component, we could wind up making things worse rather than better. I mean, this is the first book out that takes an interdisciplinary approach to climate change. And that's my main point. Unless we look at all the scientific disciplines, we're going to wind up making the wrong steps and actually making things worse. So trying to give uh, lay people as well as scientists uh, that integrated look at what's going on. And I think one of the enigmas here is that if you look at the ice age cycle that we've been in, for the past two and a half million years, global warming has always brought on uh, global cooling. We should be far more concerned about the imminence of the next ice age and how that plays out. If you warm the planet by about two degrees centigrade more than where we are right now, you're going to melt the polar ice cap. When you melt the polar ice cap, instead of that polar ice reflecting sunlight with 60% efficiency, Open ocean Arctic liquid water will reflect it with only 6% efficiency. Mm. All that extra heat is going to make water vapor, and that water vapor will fall as snow over Siberia and Canada. That's what drives the ice age cycle. Yeah, you melt the polar ice cap, and uh, then you get a whole lot more snow falling on Siberia and Canada, and literally within one or 2,000 years, both those regions are covered with thousands of feet of ice. And the last ice age, those thousands of feet of ice penetrated all the way down into Southern California. Wow. So Hugh, you're saying that the earth is in a cycle of cooling, but human activity is actually warming it. Does that mean so that we get to a period of stasis or no? Well, we've been in a period of stasis for the past 9,500 years. Not quite. What we notice when you look at the detailed temperature records, the global mean temperature has very slowly declined from 8,700 years ago until 1950. What has happened since 1950, the global mean temperature has gone up by one degree centigrade. So right now, the planet is as warm as it was 8,700 years ago. That's not an issue for concern. What is an issue is that we continue to warm the planet up at the pace we've been doing for the past 70 years. In one or two centuries, we're going to melt the polar ice cap, and we're going to find the global mean temperature plummeting uh, by about 18 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to bring back climate instability and make it impossible for us to sustain our global high-technology civilization. So on that basis, all of us have a vested interest in sustaining the climate stability, and I argue we can probably sustain it 
for at least 1,400 more years. And I basically take, uh, uh, I mean, people say my book is the anti-Al Gore book, because instead of saying, yes, there's a problem, and we need to sacrifice whatever we need to sacrifice in our economy to stabilize the climate, um, I'm arguing there's steps we can take uh, that will boost the world economy, put more money in everybody's pockets, especially for the poor, uh, benefit the ecosystem, and stabilize the climate. And it's based on the biblical principle, we are to manage the planet's resources for our benefit and the benefit of all of their life, which means from a biblical perspective, we're not going to be between a rock and a hard place. If we look, we'll find solutions to stabilize the climate, benefit the world's ecosystems, and at the same time, uh, boost the world economy. And on that basis, what politician in his right mind would vote against that? Amen to that. We're speaking with astronomer Hugh Ross from the ministry Reasons to Believe. His brand new work is called Weathering Climate Change. Hugh, it's, uh, it's interesting to bring this up today. I was watching something over the weekend with a uh, naturalist and filmmaker David Attenborough. And uh, they were previewing a, a new show that David Attenborough is going to uh, release in early October on Netflix. And essentially, it's a look back at his life. But in, in the segment that I saw... David Attenborough was decrying, you know, the 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 um, the climate change that is upon us, and you know he was saying, I, I'm he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, him he, that he was most pessimistic because the changes that would require to stem so-called climate change would require cooperation across multiple countries around the world, and he just says, I just don't see it happening that people would come together with something that's so brutal and and is you know already affecting us. So how can we then? What can we do, especially as believers of Jesus? I mean, you know, the earth is so huge. What can individually we do as people to help things? Well, David Attenborough is identifying something important, another biblical principle. We human beings are fundamentally selfish. So trying to organize all the nations of the world uh, to sacrifice their economy by a factor two or three times. You know, basically, forget about air conditioning, stop driving cars, don't fly in airplanes, shut down all the factories that consume fossil fuels. I mean, that's going to be painful, and people aren't going to go for it. Uh, Rather, what I'm arguing, we need to give people an economic incentive to stabilize the climate. If we can give them an economic incentive, we don't have to pass any draconian laws. Just say, hey, here's a way uh, that you're going to become wealthier. Here's a way that you can actually provide uh, for the people of your nation. It's like people are going to jump on it. And in my opinion, it's the only way we can stabilize the climate fast enough. Trying to pass laws where we penalize people uh, for doing what they don't want to do or what they want to do isn't going to work. People will cheat. And it's going to take years before people basically say there's got to be a better way. Let's do the better way right now. Hugh, if you talk about climate change, um, climate change has been blamed for everything from hurricanes to volcanoes erupting to storms to snow to no snow to too much heat to too much cold. I, I mean, is it just is it seems like it's a convenient catch all? It is. And, you know, I'm talking to you from Southern California, 
we got fires raging all over California, all over the North American West, and people are saying it's climate change. Well, climate change is certainly a factor, but it's not the primary factor. It's our forest mismanagement that is the biggest reason why we're having these catastrophic forest fires. And I think one of the big reasons is we've got these national forests and national parks where we say no lumbering. We'd be far wiser to let the lumbering companies come in in the winter when the tourists aren't around and selectively remove the big uh, old trees that are in danger of dying. And when they die, they release greenhouse gases to the atmosphere. You want to harvest them before that happens. And I've been in some of these national parks. There's so much dead wood in the undergrowth there that it's impossible for the wildlife to navigate through the forest. So we were to selectively harvest those trees and replant them with younger trees. Those younger trees grow two to four times faster than the old trees. So they're going to pull greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere at two to four times the rate. And you're not going to have so many trees in the forest that the bark beetles jump in and wind up killing the trees. And this is where everybody wins. The lumbering companies make money. You've got a healthier ecosystem for the wildlife. You're not going to have half the trees dead from the bark beetles. The trees, the forest is going to be a lot more pleasant uh, for the tourists. And you pull greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere. Everybody wins. And so we just need to you know, basically give people that economic incentive. Fabulous. Hugh, it's fascinating. Thanks so much. Please come back and join us uh, soon. Let's continue on with this conversation. Certainly, it's very important that we all should be part of this. Well, it's my pleasure, and people can get a free chapter at reasons.org slash Ross. Very nice. Hugh Ross from the ministry Reasons to Believe. His brand new work is called Weathering Climate Change. Make sure you stop by and see Reasons to Believe on their website. We'll take a break. Come back. Hey, it's National Coffee Day. Let's talk about Joe. I did something weird the other day. I added some extra cream to my Fufu iced coffee, but I didn't have a stir stick. So without thinking, I grabbed my car key and used the key to stir in the cream, creating the perfect mix. Unfortunately, my wife was watching the whole thing with a what is wrong with you look. Hey, it's Ryan. And the reality is, I believe our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is the perfect mix as well. We're a smaller team, only a couple dozen people, and many of us are family. And that small helps us to be carefully committed and know every Word FM listener that calls. But our small team is also lucky to be connected to a bigger company that is a direct lender, meaning our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls, an advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate and save you money. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. Nice. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, 
stay six feet from others when we can. And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. You run a business and you need better wireless. Three words, no more compromise. With the T-Mobile Business Advantage, you get the largest 5G network, award-winning customer support, and insanely great value. No trade-offs. Right now, get up to 90 days of unlimited free on business plans when you switch via bill credits. Stop in to find out more. Plus taxes and fees for some plans. Complete port within 60 days. Customers over 50 gigabytes per month have lower speeds during congestion. Video at 480p, unlimited on our network. See T-Mobile.com for 5G devices coverage and plan details. Started the day off, as I always do, with a very nice cup of coffee. Mm. Wife and I sat down and enjoyed it. Very nice. I mean, I love to have a cup of coffee to start the day. Kath, I know that you are not a coffee drinker in the morning. I'm not. I'm not a coffee drinker at any time. At all? No. Now, Mike, on the other hand, uh, I've seen Mike have coffee. Uh, Classic Mike and new Mike. They're Mm -hmm. both drinking coffee sometimes throughout the day at the Mm -hmm. studio. Mike, that's true, isn't it? It is true. However, I've, I've kicked back. What? I have kicked back a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't drank in a co- cup of coffee in probably a good month. <gasps> what? And I went to Denny's with a friend yesterday morning, and mm-hmm. I had four sips, and the waiter came over to me came over to me and said, I'm not giving you any more coffee. You're twitching. Mm. Four <laughs> sips. I mean, really? I so trouble. I had four sips. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Wait, and, so do you, do you believe that's the case because you've been away from caffeine? I think so. I think uh-huh. so. But yeah, yeah. makes you fly. Okay, well, listen to this. Pittsburgh, because today's National Coffee Day, Pittsburgh ranks number three among best U.S. coffee cities, Mm -hmm. according to Department Guide 2020. Uh, Rankings were calculated by the ratio of coffee-related establishments per 100,000 residents in each of the 308 largest American cities. Uh, Berkeley was number one. San Francisco, number two. Pittsburgh, number three. Mm. How about that? Uh, In 1873, uh, John Arbuckle, who was a Scottish immigrant to Pittsburgh, discovered a way to preserve already roasted coffee beans by coating the beans in a mixture containing egg whites and sugar. The process Mm -hmm. preserved the coffee aroma and taste and created a smooth, sweet flavor. He and his other brother began selling their pre-roasted coffee by the pound in paper bags under the Arosa brand name. Eventually, the business moved to New York City, where it was sold to Maxwell House Coffee. Wow. So that's Pittsburgh. Another longstanding coffee, Nicholas Coffee Company in Market Square Mm -hmm. has been here. Or on Market Square, sorry, pardon me. 1919, Nicholas Coffee. Wow, Mm -hmm. wow. Now, I feel like it's important um, at this point to say that if I was not concerned about fitting in my pants, I would definitely indulge in coffee because the mixture of coffee, milk, and sugar is one of my favorites. Mm, I think it's beautiful. It's so delicious. Coffee ice cream Mm -hmm. is so – the frappuccino – 
thumbs up. Yeah. A cappuccino loaded with sugar. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I just, I really dislike it when it is not sweetened. Okay. Uh, Mike, are you a black coffee drinker? No, no. Ex- extra cream, extra sugar for me. Extra cream, oh, extra see, sugar. See, so he's it. basically having a frappuccino every darn right. time. Now, there are people who look down their nose at you two and say, you're not really drinking coffee. You're drinking like a soda. Well, right? of course. That's why I'm yeah. not drinking it because I know that I'm polluting it beyond measure. Taking away the coffee of the coffee. I don't know. Uh, black coffee. My son, my son at twenty is drinking black coffee every day. Right, what are you wow. drinking in the morning with your wife? Uh, wh- what's in my coffee? Yeah, cream and sugar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm on board with you guys. All right. I'm not pointing the finger at you. Okay, There's great. no disdain on this end. No, <laughs> happy to have it. Happy National Coffee Day. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The first presidential debate tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern in Cleveland. The 90-minute debate on national television. President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, Amy Coney Barrett, has been on Capitol Hill for a day of meetings with Republican senators in preparation for her confirmation. Some Democrats have said they won't meet with Barrett. Protesters in Portland, Oregon police clashing again. Officials say 24 people were arrested. The demonstration took place outside a police union building where police say the protesters late Monday hurled rocks, punched a police sergeant in the face, and sprayed a chemical irritant at five officers. Banks and technology companies led stocks broadly lower on Wall Street today. The Dow was up 131, the Nasdaq dropped 32, and the S&P 500 was down 16 points. This is SRN News. When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation, our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie, Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth. This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make. You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses. We don't have that in this country. With Divided Hearts of America, you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy, healing, and real hope. Be part of the change and watch Divided Hearts of America. Go to SalemNow.com to purchase. Use promo code FAMILY for 20% off. SalemNow.com, promo code FAMILY. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, for you, for anybody who's got a busy schedule and wants a good night's sleep. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft, breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors, and Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You'll receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Call now at 1-800-391-0954. Use the promo code WORD. 
or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code WORD. 1-800-391-0954, promo code WORD. I think you'll agree this story demonstrates the urgent need for God's Word. Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Lalitha was born in coastal India, raised a Hindu, and forced into an arranged marriage at a very young age. Tragically, her husband died in an accident, and she was left homeless and sold into a prostitution ring for no more than 150 U.S. dollars. She lived in utter hopelessness for many years until a former prostitute introduced her to Jesus and taught her to share her faith. Lalitha would go on to lead a hundred Hindus to Jesus before she died tragically of HIV AIDS, something she was afflicted with during those years in human trafficking. Right now, these 100 new believers in India are joined by millions around the world who are denied God's Word, and that's why WORD and Bible League have teamed up to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers. $5 sends a Bible, $50 sends 10, every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at WordFM. We'll see a little rain this evening, otherwise cloudy skies for tonight, low 48, breezy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine, high 64. Patchy clouds tomorrow night with a low of 46, times of clouds and sunshine Thursday with a high of 63. Friday, times of clouds and sun with a shower, it'll be cool with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. I think this is the first true fall-like day here in western Pennsylvania, right? A little light rain throughout the day. What, what do you give me? A, you don't think it's fall-like? Well, this is not what I think of as fall. This is what I think of as dull. Dull? No, I like it a lot. Oh, it is. No, no, I like it. I'm looking out my window. On it's a scale par- of one to 10, it's I like, like it. a three and a quarter. No, no. There's certainly something that's comforting, comforting about this day. It's overcast and cool. I like it a lot. Okay, good. I'm glad you like it. I really find it depressing. Really? I find it a little discouraging. Discouraging? Um, yeah, it's really? discouraging. I find it comforting and and, and calm, actually. Well, you're just better than me. Because yesterday, saying- yesterday I was out in my yard. I was gardening. I was planting. I got all my fall plantings in yesterday. Mm-hmm. I spent all day either at the garden center or oh, in so my So you're way yard. better than me. Way I better. like that so much. And today I'm just a little sad because mm. I spent my day looking at the computer. Well, it's okay. You got something to look forward to. What's that? The presidential debate tonight. Oh, gosh. At nine o'clock. Right? Nine o'clock. Listen. First debate. I mean, we've been waiting for this forever, haven't we? AGD, anticipatory gastric distress. I've talked mm-hmm. about it on the air before. I felt it started uh, yesterday around 4.05 talking to Greg Clugston. And yes. uh, it's worsening. Nine o'clock this evening, 90, 90 minutes long. The debate will be carried on CNN, Fox News, CBS, ABC, C-SPAN, NBC, and MSNBC. Chris Wallace, the anchor of Fox News Sunday, will moderate the debate. The moderator chooses the debate topics. For tonight, Mr. Wallace has chosen Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden's records. The Supreme Court, the coronavirus pandemic, the economy, race and violence in cities, and the integrity of the election. There will be 15 minutes to discuss each topic. 
for President Trump. Thank you. (laughs) President Trump, a much welcome chance to shake up a race in which he is currently behind. For Mm -hmm. Mr. Biden, the debate is a risky but necessary step, a close encounter with an unorthodox rival who can say and do most anything. Today, I heard that the Trump administration is asking for a neutral third party to literally look into Joe Biden's ears before the debate to make sure that there is no device that Joe Biden is being fed things. How about that? Well, no one would be bold enough to do that. Come on. What do you, you don't think so? No, you don't think so? No, because the risk is too high. No, no. You'd be, you just, you, if you were discovered, you'd be ruined forever. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it might be a gamble that they'd be willing to take. I mean, but then I think of, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of other public situations where people have done crazy things. Right. So I guess I shouldn't say that that could never happen. People are saying that Joe Biden could benefit greatly from greatly diminished expectations. I mean, that's not a winning strategy. Is no, it? that is not a winning strategy. Right? I mean, a strategy has been just stay hunkered down and don't do anything. Right. Now, I would imagine that tonight the president will certainly try and try hard to get under uh, Joe Biden's skin. Well, that's what he tries to do with every single person inside his orbit, as I understand it. (laughs) He gets under your skin and you're not even connected. I know. I'm not even there. And he still does. For goodness sake. Listen, I, because I care for you as a friend, John, Mm -hmm. and because we have this show called The Ride Home, I will go against everything that balances me emotionally. Yeah. I will not record it and watch it later. Instead, I pledge to watch this live. Will you be having a snack during the debate? I don't feel like my emotional condition will allow for such. No, I, I'm definitely going to have a snack. Okay. I'll this be is what nervous happened eating. Last night. This is what happened last night. What's that? We had the conversation with Greg Clugston yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was feeling, as I said, gastric distress already. Mm-hmm. I had spent all day outside. I had not eaten mm-hmm. all day. We had a great dinner last night. And then... I started watching TV around 10, 30, 11. Yep. I got the munchies. Of course you did. And I had, I don't wow. know, at least 15, perhaps bordering on 20 of those little tiny Trader Joe's triple ginger cookies. Oh, they're like, oh they're like super yeah. Small, mm. But they are super good. Man, yeah. I hit them hard. Mm. How many did you have? 15? Well, I think I probably, I want to say 20. 20 yeah i think so because they're oh. very very i mean they're like little oh. tiny things you better invest it in another a better grade of elastic that's all Listen, i'm saying i don't think i need your criticism yeah, i could just, use i'm not criticizing this time. just giving you a heads up that's vulnerable. all just telling you mm-hmm. holy smokes 20 so i don't know how much space i have for extra snacking tonight i feel like maybe this is the day mm. i need to back it up no this is the perfect evening for nervous eating yes really, yeah, i don't nervous is. eat oh don't you no, kid me uh-uh. i'm like chewing on the couch fabric at some point i don't even care <laughs> Uh, just uh, put something in my mouth because I need something in there because I'm like a nervous wreck. Okay. Well, let me just ask you a question. I'm not mm-hmm. going to ask you who you think is going to better the other, mm-hmm. but I'm going to ask you this question. Will there be a catastrophe? Oh, definitely. You think there will be? Oh yeah. definitely. Oh, okay. Come on. Th- this is ripe for catastrophe, right? I, I believe that the two men live on the borderline daily of catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So okay. why wouldn't there be a catastrophe broadcast on network television live across the planet? See, I can't, I can't watch that. I'm going to lose my oh, mind. No, I'm no. going to, I might have to bail. There's no way. Kath. I might have to bail. bail. If I'll, I'll, I'll text you first, but I might have to bail. Okay. All right. Mike, are you planning on uh, chiming in watching this evening? I'm definitely watching. Uh, uh-huh. I have, uh, I have my popcorn 
and my Coke ready for tonight. A Coke, okay, that's so what you, you need. Popcorn and Coke. I'm totally mm-hmm. snacking. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be a catastrophe. I think I you think both <laughs> men are going to acquit themselves well. Oh yeah. I I that's what I'm been... That's that's uh, what I'm wishing and hoping for. Uh-huh. Cuz yeah. both of them have been paragons of stability up to this point. <laughs> okay? I don't think so. You never know. You never I mean know. one guy can barely get a phrase out, the other guy has too many phrases out. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> So we're in trouble either way. We have a problem with phrases. Mm-hmm, yeah, the fr- fr- phraseology is under attack this evening. That's my prediction. Oh, my gosh. All right, that's tonight at 9 p.m. from Cleveland, Ohio. All right, we need to take a break. And before we do that, i got to go back to the snack thing. Mike, you're having popcorn. Uh, what are you putting on that? Uh, salt and butter. Mm-hmm. I, really? I melt my own butter on, on the stovetop. Yeah, that's good for you. And pour that sucker on there. Dig you it. Do, so you do, so it's actual butter you're putting yes. on there. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't mess that's around. Nice, you don't need that. Yeah. Don't give me the fake butter. Yeah. And sometimes I'll throw Parmesan cheese on top of that. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, it's All excellent. Right. Try it tonight, Mike. Coming up next, what's Parmesan it like first, to then be butter. an FBI agent? We'll turn to David Foster, primary hostage negotiator for the FBI. 101.5 WORD. As popular as the image of angels are, not many people know the truth about these supernatural messengers. Well, this week on Through the Bible, we get a peek into this part of God's creation that we don't know that much about. So hop aboard the Bible bus as Dr. J. Vernon McGee directs our journey through the small but powerful book of Jude. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm Kathy Emmons. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in network. Isn't it time for a change? Stop the insanity. Call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30 percent. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. Or go to MarleyFG.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Hey, this is Owen Strand with a quick word on the upcoming election. So much of what we care about is at stake. 
religious liberty, all of our First Amendment freedoms, the cause of life and reliable judges, rule of law, even civil order. Make sure you're registered and prepared to vote, whether at the polling place or by absentee ballot. Our nation is at a crossroads, and every vote counts. Don't sit this election out. Men and women who venture into law enforcement as a career, thats to me, that's so fascinating because it's so far from what anything I would have considered when I was looking at my career. But thank God for law enforcement. I mean, <laughs> despite all the travails and all the uh, hardships they've been going under these past many months, we need law enforcement in this country. We need men and women of great integrity to help us in our daily struggles as a nation. Now, add another layer on that. When you think about law enforcement and then you think about men and women who are part of pastoral, Christian men and women who are pastors, and the combination of those two, how rare is that? Well, our next guest is exactly that rarity, David Foster, who is the primary hostage negotiator for the Pittsburgh Division of the FBI and a former pastor, joins us live on the air right now. Agent Foster, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Yeah, David, welcome back. Hi. Now, for uh, for those of our listening audience who weren't here, were not listening when you were on with us before, uh, they don't know that you started mm-hmm. out being a pastor before you ended up being an agent in the FBI. Now, that's not a usual trajectory, so you might want to sketch that out for people listening. Yeah. So uh, out of college, I actually was in healthcare before that. So the FBI is actually my third career, and my wife tells me that's uh, supposed to be my last. And... Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so in healthcare, you know, I, um, I, as soon as I started healthcare out of college, I also started seminary part-time. Um, my dad, who's a, a lifetime pastor, Presbyterian pastor, and my father in uh, both encouraged me. And I wasn't so sure if I wanted to do it for a career, but I thought, well, it'd be a fun master's to get. And, uh, I chipped away at that while I worked in healthcare. And then, um, you know, the Lord just kind of, uh, started guiding me towards uh, more and more kind of uh, ministry opportunities uh, and as well as kind of my seminary coming to an end. And, uh, and I was able to step into my first church actually was in Pitcairn and uh, I was associate pastor there. And, uh, and I kind of phased into youth ministry associate work there as I phased out of healthcare work and finished up seminary. And uh, I was there for about four years, and uh, and then I uh, was uh, ready to be ordained and went through the whole uh, process of ordination and, and took my first ordained position at Murraysville, at a Murraysville Presbyterian Church, Murraysville nice. Community Church. So, so from there, you know, I just uh, I enjoyed the ministry and, and uh, in all that it entailed. Um, well, maybe not all that it entailed, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but, you know, everybody asked me, and, and when I was at Quantico for, for the FBI, I get, you get the question all the time, what, you know, how, how is it that you're here? What, what a different job. And I think I mentioned to, to both of you, Kathy and John, that the, surprisingly, the FBI is not that different. I, I, get, I got to a point in my third church out in Ohio, Cornerstone Christian Church in uh, Boardman, Ohio, that I just thought, I, I think I'd better serve the Lord being a soldier in in the army rather than a captain behind the pulpit, hmm. and um, and I, 
my gifts were more suited that way. And, and I also just felt called to it at the end of the day. So really? when I decided to uh, apply, which was my little secret, because the, most people know in, in the federal service that uh, the background check takes a long time, can take a long time. And, uh, and, and so I could, uh, and so I, when I applied and, and got that offer I was ready to go. Um, and, uh, but, but back to my point, you know, I came, came to find out that people are hurting everywhere <laughs> and, uh, and people, um, need, uh, good guidance, whether that's, um, from a friendly law enforcement or from a friendly pastor. And I'm able to kind of do my own version of ministry, um, you know, in a very practical way, uh, every day, uh, with my colleagues and of course with the people that we work with or work against. Yes. And, um, and so, yeah. David Foster's with us. He's an FBI agent. So David, talk about the, how old you were, because I'm sure when you go to Quantico and you're doing essentially basic training for FBI, you may not necessarily have been a spring chicken. That's right. That's right. So the FBI, um, you know, there's, there's several different positions in the FBI. The agent of being the one that kind of is, is typically hardest to get. Um, it requires that you have three years of life experience, work experience, right? And so you, you're not going to see agents that are coming right out of college. Uh, they want you to, to work something uh, as a career. And that could be military, it could be other uh, law enforcement. For me, it was the ministry. And, um, and the cutoff for the FBI is 37 for agents. Um, uh, not it's similar to the military, and, and that is that they want you to have a 20-year career for pension reasons uh, before mandatory retirement, which is 57. I see. So, I, yeah. So for me, I was 34, um, and I was on the a little bit on the older side, but just just north of the older side. The average age of, of an agent is 30, uh, going through Quantico. Okay. Now, your experience at Quantico though must have been incredibly challenging, still. Yeah, it's it's intense. Um, it, it's it's what you call light boot camp. Um, mm, it it okay. doesn't have all all the intensity of the military, but it's kind of paramilitary, if you will. And and there's you know what you don't realize when you show up the first night at Quantico, and, and you're there for 21 weeks, so um, a little bit more than five months, is that you are basically already an agent. You're an agent in training, a new agent training, a, a NAT they call it. <laughs> And um, and therefore you you're you're developing yourself, and you also have the opportunity to get fired. <laughs> um, and so there is there is a considerable dropout rate. Either people realize it's just not for them, or um, or they uh, or they you know just aren't performing uh, academically or tactically or or in those manners, which you know is, is going to meet the uh, the standard. So I'd say out of my class of fifty. Uh, due to injuries and these other reasons that we lost maybe 10. So um, there was um, 40 of us originally, you know, that graduated from that class. I see. So, David, then describe what it's like to be an agent. Because, I mean, again, I I have no experience. I have no expectation what that might be like. But I I would imagine just the day-to-day. And, you know, you're not in a patrol car. You're not on the streets. But you are still law enforcement. So you are subject to any number of things that, you know, us, regular civilians, don't want to see or don't want to hear about. There's got to be a lot of sinfulness and ugliness, things that, you know, just... 
you carry around, you know, post-traumatic yeah. stress disorder, I'm sure is a very common thing against across all law enforcement. So h- mm-hmm. how do you process that, especially being a believer? Yeah. Yeah. You know, unfortunately you probably heard the statistics, but um, the, the, uh, the likelihood of a, of a law enforcement dying uh, from gun violence is gun violence from his own gun. Uh, suicide high, uh, rate is is um, amongst the highest in that procession, um, and FBI agents are um, about similar in that rate, maybe a little bit better. But but to your point, um, there is a lot of stress uh, to the job. Um, it's uh, it's demanding. It is uh, you're exposing depending on the violation that you work. You're you're being exposed to some of the worst of humanity. Um, you're also exposed, though, to some of the um, to the best, right? To the people that are laying down their lives for uh, other citizens, uh, people that are working tirelessly to uh, protect people's lives, protect people's civil rights, protect uh, people's constitutional rights. And so, uh, you see some really great things. There's some really high rewards also in the job. Um, but both of those extremes, I think, uh, add to the intensity of the job and. And yeah, there's definitely some dark days, and depending on what um, I was particularly exposed to um, that day at an arrest, um, uh, you know, helping out other squads. Yeah, there's some times where you you bring it home, and um, and you just kind of wonder how anybody is functioning in the world because it seems like most of the world is dysfunctional. <laughs> Yeah, David. Yeah, David Foster is with us, primary hostage negotiator for the Pittsburgh Division of the FBI. Um, David, I know that you can't comment on current events, and I understand that because you're not speaking on behalf of the FBI generally. Um, but I guess I want to ask about this: the state of mind that you have when you go to work. Um, is it the kind of thing that you wake up in the morning and you think, okay, here we go? Is it the kind of thing where danger is just something that you're just so accustomed to that you don't even deal with it or notice it or acknowledge it anymore? Uh, you know, I think every agent and everybody in law enforcement has to um, come to terms with that, you know, and I, I, I want to give a hand to our local and state law enforcement. We we're I'm proud to say that we work with some great people and, and I'm also proud to say that they are the front end of the spear um, in a lot of uh, the dangerous situations that, uh, law enforcement is faced with every day, um, responding to domestics. That's not the FBI, you know, uh, um, responding to bank robberies. We, we might respond to them, but we're not the first call. And, um, and you know, we're going to respond to big events, to, to terrorism events, to active shooters, but we're usually not the first uh, there. Um, our, our local city and, uh, and, and state police are. And so, um, a big shout out to them, but that is that mindset that you're talking about. That is um, something that you have to. And I remember when, for me, I remember having that moment. I said, you know, it looks like I might get this FBI job, and it was nothing like I'm used to at one level, at the everyday level, uh, carrying a gun, etc. And I remember I was uh, on a visit, uh, on a uh, trip with the church, and I said, you know, I could get hit as well by a bus. <laughs> so, you know, if, mm-hmm. the, if the good Lord um, it has, uh, you know, a thousand planets spinning and, and can control this great universe, um, then he, he's also in control of, of my fate and my future, and I can trust him in that. And so, um, uh, so there's nothing to fear. 
So I kind of came to terms with that, and that made all the difference for me to kind of, uh, you know, put the gun on every day and, and try to do my job and uh, try to keep uh, people safe. Yes. So. Well, David, I mean, thanks for your service. And, I, and I'm glad that, you know, you've sort of reached that threshold of understanding in your own life. But I, I, I wonder about, you know, your wife and, you know, your family, your immediate family. Do, do they share those same sentiments? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think they're just used to it now. Um, you know, it's in, in the, probably every law enforcement family kind of just gets used to that climate. Um, and so, yeah, there, but there's, but when I go out on early morning arrests and we assist uh, squads on, on big drug busts, and we just had one like a couple of weeks ago, I, I give the wife a heads up that, you know, uh, we're, we're safe and that, you know, the uh, subject is arrested, et cetera. So, yes, I think uh, it gives them a little bit of anxiety, but I think there's a, a normalcy to it now. Okay. We're talking to David Foster. He's primary hostage negotiator for the Pittsburgh Division of the FBI. David, we have to take a break. Can you stay with us for a few? Sure. Terrific. Uh, We'll be back with David Foster. The question we'll address um, in our next segment is being a Christian in law enforcement. Does it change things for you? What does it mean on a daily basis? That's next. Ride home. everybody. It's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. Isn't this a fabulous time of year, especially on our dairy farm in Washington County, PA? The pumpkins are turning, the corn is waving in the wind, and the hog quarters are on the pit every Sunday through the end of October. That's right. It's time for our annual 4-H hog roast. Mom bought a bunch of 4-H hogs that we will be roasting over the open pit outside all morning long. Alongside that tender, tasty, charred pork, we'll be serving pork and kraut, barbecued pork, hand-peeled mashed potatoes, with pork drippings gravy, sage stuffing, baked beans, homemade applesauce, and all kinds of family recipe, fall veggies, and casseroles. We'll even have live music by local musicians. To keep the crowd spread out and everybody healthy this year, we have two jumbo tents set up outside too. And the pumpkin patch hay rides will run 11 to 5 all weekend. Good old-fashioned fall fun and feasting on the farm. Come join us, springhousemarket.com. How's your pandemic going? This holding pattern that a lot of us are in. Do you have a silver lining in all of this right now? What is your silver lining? I mean, hopefully you're not feeling too trapped, your burden not too heavy, hemmed in by the restrictions of it all. And no doubt, like everybody, you're thinking about finances a lot. Those things occupy all of our thoughts. Here it is, autumn. I keep on hearing this phrase, amidst historically low rates, and I'm not quite sure what all that means. What does it mean for you? Check out United Faith Mortgage online, United Faith Mortgage, whether it's refinancing, cash out refinancing, VA loans, you know, buy a house, United Faith Mortgage, this small family of John, Ryan, Denise, Barbara, they set you up, honest, direct, you're good to go with a lender advantage. Look for it online, United Faith Mortgage, and ease your burden, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 2, God says, Write in a book all the words I have spoken to you. In the midst of a pandemic, we've rediscovered a world that's hungry for truth, for the gospel. As Christians, we're called to run with God's banner for all to see. 
At ChristianAuthors.com, we're linking arms with believers like you. If you have a testimony to share, go to ChristianAuthors.com. It's time to put pen to paper. Let us help you get your story published. Go to ChristianAuthors.com today. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see a little rain this evening, otherwise cloudy skies for tonight, low 48. Breezy tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine, high 64. Patchy clouds tomorrow night with a low of 46. Times of clouds and sunshine Thursday with a high of 63. Friday, times of clouds and sun with a shower. It'll be cool with a high of 57. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. He used to be a pastor. Now he is the primary hostage negotiator for the Pittsburgh division of the FBI. David Foster is with us. David, uh, being a Christian, uh, you know, as they say, changes everything. Um, But I'm curious about law enforcement in particular. Do you find that your uh, belief in Jesus changes how you respond in crisis situations. I ask that particularly for you because of your hostage um, or crisis negotiating uh, role that you play. Mm-hmm. Are, do you compare yourself against other people and see that there's a difference, or do you feel like it's just kind of all in a day's work? Mm. I, you know, I, I, I'd like to think, well, the answer is yes. But I know that when I am, uh, whatever I'm putting my hand to, right, whatever I'm dealing with, I'm trying to uh, do it from a Christian perspective, a Christian worldview. And that may or may not be noticeable, right? Uh, if, mm-hmm. if, if Agent X and, and myself are both working, uh, you know, a, a child endangerment case and child exploitation case, we may not do things differently on the surface. But I think what's happening internally for me uh, might be is is going to be redemptive is, is that how I'm uh, that I'm not you know placing myself uh, as uh, you know you know the prize winner here uh, how I'm interacting with my coworkers or my uh, my boss you know all those kinds of secret things that happen in our heart I think are the the biggest things and 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 yet ironically also the things that aren't really noticed. Um, um, at a bigger level, I, you know, I, everybody knows that I'm a believer at work. You know, um, I'm, I might wear that more on my sleeve than, than other believers. Um, but um, and, and, and that gives me a great opportunity for people to come to me and want to talk about their faith or, or how, you know, how do you cope with the stress or how do you cope with, uh, you know, this bad boss or something like that. And, and those are great opportunities to kind of share your faith. Um, you know, in, in small pieces or, or even, you know, in, in a fuller disclosure. Um, working with people that are going through tragedy, um, uh, you know, sometimes I'll tell them and they come to me as a uh, kind of an accounting uh, peer way, and I'll say, look, look this isn't the, uh, the official FBI, um, you know, docket here, but I want you to, you know, you tell me you're a believer. Um, 
you know, are you really seeking out, uh, you know, people of faith in your life to, to support you? Have you talked to your pastor? You know, um, mm-hmm. have you really prayed about this? And I'm able to do that as well, uh, kind of in an informal way. Yeah. And uh, people understand that's my personal view, not the, the views of the FBI. You know? Yeah. David, what about the, I don't know, what about the, the value or the skill of keeping your head about you, about just staying calm? Um, I'm wondering how much of a how much of that is training, how much of that is is your temperament. Mm. Yeah, I you know that it, it it really helps to be a person of integrity in the FBI, right? And in all law enforcement, but some some jobs require more of it. And so I, I hope that I'm a blessing to my supervisors and and my colleagues by uh, by being a person of integrity uh, in the way in which I go about work. Um, I, I think. Yeah, I, you know, for me, my mindset is that I'm providing a service, whether or not, no matter what, to my fellow citizens, to my neighbors, to my country. And, you know, I want to prolong their, their peace, their prosperity, their, their quiet evenings with their family. You know, that's what we're here for, to, to, be, to respond to the danger or, or get ahead of it, to investigate it and, and negate it. And, uh, and I'm glad to do that um, as a believer, and I'm glad to work with believers and unbelievers of people of all different faiths. Um, but it's an all, yeah, yeah. Well, Agent Foster, thanks. I mean, you, you sort of peel the curtain back a little bit and give us a peek into what it is to be an FBI agent. We're grateful for that opportunity. So um, peace be with you, and certainly as um, you go out on the streets and in and around Western Pennsylvania, our prayers, and I'm sure the prayers of our listeners are with you and all of the FBI in your efforts. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, uh, love what you guys do. And I uh, appreciate uh, appreciate all that is being done on behalf of the Lord's uh, uh, mission. So thanks. That's David Foster. David is the primary hostage negotiator for the Pittsburgh Division of the FBI. And we'll be right back. It's the COVID-19 update. Dr. Rick Zimmerman on deck. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. There are subsequent steps that we take in the Christian life as we follow Christ. And there are some things that accompany salvation. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the markets returning to pre-coronavirus levels, unemployment rates shifting, and the upcoming election, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text the word money to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text money to 411411 so you can grow your capital now with Vantage Point. Don't wait. Text money to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. 
Excuse me. Have you ever discussed life insurance? Well... Sort of. Have you talked about who'll pay the mortgage if one of you passes? We definitely haven't talked about that. Well, then you should talk to SelectQuote. SelectQuote shops for you, getting you quotes from some of the country's most trusted companies, finding you the right coverage with the right carrier at the right price in minutes. Is it affordable? Well, how affordable does $500,000 in coverage for as little as a dollar a day sound? That's great. We can afford that. To get your free quote, call 1-800-212-1166 or go to selectquote.com today and get the protection they need at a price you can afford. That's 1-800-212-1166 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. COVID, 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 COVID. Dr. Richard Zimmerman is with us. Dr. Zimmerman is a COVID-19 researcher collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Dr. Zimmerman clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients, has decades plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist. Dr. Zimmerman, welcome back to the air. Hey, it's good to be with you. Sounds like you're tired about hearing about COVID. Oh my gosh, it ruins everything, as Kathy says. Well, I think we're going to have it with us, unfortunately, for a while longer. Uh, Allegheny County, uh, fortunately, is um, at only about 6% test positivity, which um, is down quite a bit from the summer big wave, but it's about double where we were at the spring. So the kids back to school have given us a few more cases, and so we are seeing some in kids. Okay. All right, so... No, you, you go ahead, John. So then, Rick, what about the wisdom of people going back into the office? Is, is that a safe thing? Anytime you're around people, you have the potential. And so it's the question of what's your risk tolerance and you know, what's your own personal risks and what can you do to, do, to uh, really reduce risks. Uh, masking is key. One of the things we have learned about masks is that the nose fit is key. And the ear loop masks, you know, they just go around the ears. There's a new study that has shown that the same material on covering the mouth and the face, you know, like a surgical mask that ties around the back of the head, gives almost double the protection of an ear loop mask made of the same material. Really? Okay, so, so then if you're going to buy a new mask, buy one that ties in the back. Right. Or you can also get, there's little plastic mask extenders. It'll take an ear loop mask and make it fit around the back. Um, so just get that nose fit real good. So a second thing that you can do is obviously wipe doorknobs really um, and watch what you're touching, your face touching doorknobs, doing that at the office. And... 
then if the office has the ability to make changes to their heating and air conditioning system so that there's better airflow, less circulation, and ideally a HEPA filter, that can make a world of difference as well. All right, those are good points. And then people who don't have control over those things, they might want to rethink going back to the office. Certainly, uh, that's, you know, the, the offices that can do that. There are portable units that are HEPA that can be put in spaces where you can't get a um, whole HVAC redo, uh, but those uh, portable units can be really helpful as well. Dr. Rick, Rick with us, COVID-19 researcher, collaborating with the Centers for Disease Control. Rick, of course, uh, the country is still very split on this. It's become a political football. Now, here in western Pennsylvania, across the state of western Pennsylvania, all eyes have been on Governor Wolf. Um, apparently, people can meet in some instances. And in other instances, like high school football or professional sports, people are still prohibited. Where do you see it? Do you see any wisdom in that? I think when you put, particularly in outside, I think if you're able to, you know, keep a couple of yards from other people, outdoor activities are pretty safe. This virus is not going to go, if you were particularly masked and outside, it's just not going to go that far because the air will disperse it. When you get indoors, particularly people shouting uh, for their favorite team indoors, and if they don't wear the mask, that's really going to spread that to people nearby. And so I, in my own view, there's a big difference between outdoors and indoors, and the density of people makes a difference. If you've got the guy right behind you shouting uh, no mask right in your airspace, even if it's outdoors, there's some risk there. If people are spaced out, much less risk. So then, Rick, uh, looking down the road, we know that uh, there is at least four corporations that have uh, been working on the coronavirus. Where are we in that mix of having a vaccine at some point in the future? Well, there's a lot of people enrolled in the first two studies, the Moderna and Pfizer studies. And so we are, I think, to the point where a lot of, though it hasn't been published, a lot of the safety data on what's happening in the first two weeks after vaccination has been gathered. Be more what happens in the first month and the first six weeks. But a lot of that's been gathered and not hearing anything bad um, is really good news that I think we will see these as safe vaccines. What we don't know, because there aren't enough time yet for them, is are they effective? And that's the big question that's going to take more time. There's been a lot of fear and that things are being rushed. I've sat in, I was on the voting committee that will be voting on their use at one point in my career, earlier in my career. There's a lot of deliberative action, careful action by thoughtful scientists who are unlikely to be moved by political uh, concerns. Their concern is really going to be, is this a safe and is this an effective vaccine? Two separate questions. Um, And that will be first at FDA, but then at CDC for its use. I see. We're talking with Dr. Richard Zimmerman. Dr. Zimmerman clinically tests and treats coronavirus patients. He has a decades-plus experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist based here in the city of Pittsburgh. So, Rick, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Dr. Fauci, which, of course, he himself has become political as well, um, 
I guess that's just the world that we live in. He came out and he essentially said, you know, I'm just going to, you know, paraphrase here. Uh, we were, t- he was talking about, you know, people gathering for theater or, you know, indoor events and that he said, most likely the safety of that won't be um, really appreciable until spring of 2022. Is that really true? Well, there's a couple of things that really go into that. Uh, we have to have the vaccines and have to have the vaccines into people's arms. And the latest data I've seen suggests that no more than 10% of the U.S. population is protected. If we have to get to 60 or 70% for herd immunity, and that herd immunity necessary for theater events and concerts indoors, then we've got a big gap to go. So how do we get there? Two ways. It's either infection, which none of us want, or uh, vaccination. And then who will take, how many people will take the vaccine? Right. Okay. So say the vaccine comes, you know, um, earliest, probably you're saying maybe early next year. Is that the, is that the case? I think we will have, if, uh, unless there's a negative surprise, I think we will have a vaccine for healthcare workers um, in early, uh, wouldn't surprise me to see it in January, even December, uh, but it'll be available first for healthcare workers. I see. Okay, so then it'll go healthcare workers, maybe then the most vulnerable, but you know, people like you and I, you know, fairly healthy and whatnot, uh, we're not going to see that maybe until spring? It all depends how fast they get licensed. And you know, this is the fastest a vaccine has ever been developed. So, yes. And the, and the other is, will they take it? And so um, that's the big question. Right now, the polls are indicating a lot of trepidation. And in the 2009 flu pandemic, many people did not take it. And for regular flu, only about 41% of adults take it. So you can see, it's gonna, we got a big gap to fill. I see. Okay, so say best case scenario, you know, you get the vaccine, I get the vaccine, Kath gets the vaccine, then you're not necessarily immune from COVID, right? I mean, you still have to be wary of getting COVID, even though you have the vaccine. Uh, partial protection is is um, common with vaccines in that part of the people are protected. With measles vaccine, that's like 95, 94% with one dose. Um, with COVID vaccines, we don't know yet. With flu vaccine, it's more middle, you know, 50% kind of number. And so the question, is it more like measles vaccine at 95 or more like flu vaccine at 50? I see. So then short term, of course, we're headed into flu season. Uh, of course, as always, you're recommending a flu shot regardless of when or where COVID's available. Uh, yeah, it'll certainly reduce the confusion. And if you get infected at the same time with both flu and COVID, that's a real double whammy you don't want to have. The vaccine that I'm planning to take personally is going to be egg-free. And there are two different manufacturers of egg-free flu vaccines. So generally, uh, Rick, you know, I'm just peppering you with any number of questions here. Uh, are you more optimistic than pessimistic at this point about, you know, the the efficiency of the vaccine itself, despite the long term, you know, it may be all uh, this amount of time. I mean, you know, people are wanting quick results now. Well, that's clearly not going to happen. But in the end, when it's all said and done, at some point, COVID will be eradicated. I think we will have control of COVID 
uh, eventually. I don't know that we'll have eradication. We have eradication of measles. Uh, I suspect COVID is going to mutate on us such that we'll have to have some updates. So I don't know if we'll eradicate or just control with um, a booster perhaps every other year. I see. Rick, anything else we need to know about? Anything else I'm missing? I mean, you know, we're happy to have you here. So we'd like you to chime in with as much wisdom and knowledge as you have. Sure. Well, I want to say, reassure people that the safety of this vaccine is really being looked at. I'm not worried that a major safety signal is going to be missed in the United States. There are a vaccine that I think uh, in China, they have several vaccines. One of theirs I would not have taken and I think was rushed um, prematurely and I never would have signed up for it. That vaccine is not going to be in the U.S. market. Um, Other vaccines, the Russians, I think, have moved faster, but I know of no theoretical safety concern with the Russian vaccine, but I think they move too fast. I think we are moving as fast as we can, and I'm reassured by the types of people I know who, because I know some of these people personally, that are either voting at CDC to make the decision or people who are involved in the science. And some of the smartest people I know have actually volunteered themselves to receive the vaccines in the vaccine trial. So what we find is the conclusions when the data are in on these vaccines, I'm going to trust and I'm going to trust with my family and my own arm. We don't have those data yet. But what I'm seeing is suggestive that we will have a safe vaccine. The question is, how well will it work? Well, Dr. Zimmerman, thank you. Thank you for your knowledge and for your reassurance. We always appreciate your input here. It's valuable to us. All right. Well, wish uh, everyone safety and keep wearing the masks and wear them good and tight. Very good. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard Zimmerman. He has decades-long experience as an infectious disease epidemiologist, works here locally with the Center for Disease Control. We'll come back in a few minutes. Hey, a local landmark is up for sale. If you got the cash, you can buy it. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hi, this is Robert Jeffers, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Let me encourage you to be in prayer about the upcoming election. Then make sure you prepare. Educate yourself on the agendas of the two parties and make sure you're registered. Finally, make your plan to vote, whether at the voting booth, by absentee, or vote by mail. Your voice is your vote. 
Your voice needs to be heard on November 3rd. God's Word is power, and we need to be in His Word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. SSI recipients, if you have children under 17, you must act by September 30th to get the $500 economic impact payment per child this year. Enter your child's information in the non-filer tool at irs.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Some wisdom teeth can become impacted, which can lead to cysts, tooth decay, and gum disease. Wisdom teeth can cause crowding, painfully damaging adjacent teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination at myoms.org. Well, the Park House, the Park House, a north side fixture for decades, a long-standing spot for theater goers, bluegrass lovers, uh, a really famous watering hole here in the city of Pittsburgh, apparently is up for sale. Mm. Uh, up for sale. Um, Zamir Zavi, who has owned the Park House for the last 16 years, said in a statement that he's looking ahead to new adventures, but hopes that someone carries on in the Park House tradition. Uh, the Park House, apparently, they bill itself as the oldest watering hole in Pittsburgh, noting its beginnings as home to Allegheny County Jail Deputy Warden James Marshall wow. in the late 1800s. Uh, it survived prohibition for those 13 dry years. It housed a bakery and a candy shop, according to its website. Now, Kath, you and I both have long-standing memories of the Park House. Yep. I mean, for years when the public theater was on the north side, mm-hmm. as at the Hazlet That's Theater. That's I think of it, right? That was, I mean, the after show. I mean, yep. I can't tell you how many nights I sat in there with cast members eating, uh, you know, the baskets of peanuts yeah. and sharing great stories and big laughs. Uh, the, the table way in the back, the big round table. Yeah. I love the Park House. Yeah. Isn't it funny to think of how many restaurants in that little, like, you know, six block area that square in there are gone you know james street is the other place we always used to hit before yeah. the public theater right what about max and irma's is it still there max max allegheny, allegheny tavern, tavern. I, it's still there i believe is it okay Which so i love that place that's too. been there a lot i bet that's been there since oh well my gosh i think i went to it for the first time when i was probably it was probably 1980 yeah i mean in a great place and of course downstairs as well right yeah um so the Park House is for sale. It's listed on um, Sp- Specialty Group, which is a restauranteer website, for one hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars. Okay, two thousand two hundred square foot space has seating for about fifty. Comes with its liquor license, fixtures, furniture, and equipment. And uh, I don't know if you ever wanted to get into the restaurant business. I don't. 
think that's the business for me, though. I did dream of it when I was younger because I like going out to eat. And so I thought that, you know, the whole restaurant vibe was like a very cool thing. I could see myself doing that in the future. Then I realized how much work was involved and how that's horrible a, the hours were. And I thought, whew, I don't think that's for me. What am I, I thinking I would about? say it's a young man's game. Yeah. Uh, you know, a young person's game. You've got yeah. to have a lot of energy Especially and a lot of muscle. now. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how, there? you know. You can I, open a place up now? There's a new place right down the street from the Park House, a Fig and Ash, which just oh, opened right. last week. I'm very excited about that and really proud of them for taking the plunge this time. All right, well. Not to mention Bistro to Go that's right across the street. I'm telling you, East Ohio Street's on the way up. Yeah, it is. Hopefully. It's been talked about for a long time. Mm-hmm. So hopefully yeah. this is really, truly it. Hey, thanks for being with us. That's our show for this evening. Uh, podcast is up and running after we leave the air. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Have yourself a great night. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.